Hey, YouTube theologians, Pastor Wolfmuller here. God's peace be with you. Pastor of St. Paul and Jesus Staff Lutheran Churches in Austin, Texas. I don't know, 50 of you sent me this thing, the Sparkle Creed, asked me to respond to this. I don't know why it's one of these instinctive things. Like if you pick up a cup and it's rotted and you want someone to smell it, and you're like, I smell this. And I don't know if you just want to see my face after watching this. I, but here it's actually a confusing thing. If it's disgust or anger or sadness, or what kind of, how do you react to this kind of blasphemy? But, but, but I, I, I thought about not just not doing this, but the thing that changed my mind was when three days ago, at St. Paul Lutheran Church, when we were confessing the Nicene Creed, I cannot remember a time when I confessed it with as much boldness. And I think it was because it was in contrast to this, uh, to this nonsense and this blasphemy. So Sparkle Creed, I guess some United Methodist uh, person wrote it. And here we, it's confessed in some ELCA church. I like this guy in the background with his uh, yawning and his coffee cup there. But here... Um, but look, we, we, we know this, right, that if you have women pastors, you've already abandoned biblical authority. And once you abandon biblical authority, then it's just a matter of making stuff up. But it's but the way that you make stuff up is is going to be very indicative. So let's see. Let's see what happens here. Here's the sparkle, the sparkle creed. You know, anything named the sparkle creed, how bad could it be, right? I mean, that's going to be really fantastic. And let us confess our faith today in the words of the sparkle creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. Non-binary God whose pronouns, wait, whose pronouns are plural? Wait, let me get I believe in Jesus Christ's pronouns are plural. I believe ah, in Jesus Christ, their So child. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. It seems like if you were, so, so the opposite of binary would be one. That's how the Bible teaches us to confess. So if, they, if the language wasn't so destroyed, this would be heresy that to, to call God they them, which is how the demons refer to themselves, not how God refers to himself. And I always wonder why God doesn't get to pick his own pronouns, because you read the Bible and there's a lot of he. There's a lot of his, but no, God, he, we we get to pick God's pronouns, because after all, we're not talking about God. We're talking about an idol that should be clear from the very get go. And we're always creating idols in our own image. So God is non-binary, but the non-binaryness of God does not refer to the fact that he's, he's not two, he's one. It refers to he's not two, he's many. He's on, I suppose, on the spectrum. And Jesus Christ, their son. See this, so this would be classic heresy of polytheism, of believing in more than one God, if they meant something. <laughs> like they is a plural pronoun. So to say that God is they is just, again, it's a classic heresy when words used to have meaning. But we, you see the problem now is that words don't even mean enough to rise up to the level of heresy. It's just, it's like the devil puts marbles in your mouth. He loved, the devil 
loves it when we mumble. And this whole business of pronouns, the they, them, she, her business is just mumbling. It's demonic mumbling. Oh, this is the tunic. Okay. Who wore a fabulous Jesus Christ. tunic? Their child. Jesus Christ, their Who child. Fab- Who wore a fabulous wonder, tunic? This obsession have- with clothes. Remember watching some ELCA pastor lady or guy or unidentified. And they were convinced that the Bible was full of transgender stuff. And the way they knew that a person was transgender is because they wore fancy clothes. Now, there's something going on there. Like, uh, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And it talks about how their robes are, or, or Jacob and his many colored, and they're like obviously transgender, wore a many colored cloak. And I, see, see, here's the weird thing is that it's, it's gender is supposed to not be surface. It's not supposed to be skin deep. It's not supposed to be culturally constructed. We're supposed to get past the cultural construct of like girls playing with Barbies and boys playing with GI Joes. But then how do you know if your boy is actually a girl? It's because he likes to play with Barbies and he likes pink and he, he wears a fabulous tunic. The only tunic that I know about that Jesus wore the only time it mentions his clothes is actually when it talks either about, well, I shouldn't say the only time, because there is the time that they touched the veil and they were healed. But that really the only item of, clo- of Jesus' clothing that's discussed in the Bible is the tunic that he wasn't wearing when they stripped him to crucify him on the cross and they cast lots for his clothing. And, and when they did that, everyone knew that he was a man. This is a strange obsession with clothing, though. Who wore a fabulous tunic and had two, and dads. Had two dads. I suppose that refers to God the Father and Joseph. So now, but God the Father, we already identified as non-binary. So I don't know if he counts as a dad. And I'm not sure why they can gender profile Joseph. How do we know that Joseph identified as a man? How do we know? This is just terrible. I mean, if, if I was trying to invent something terrible, I do not think that I could have done this. I just don't know how something like this comes about. And so everyone that, that actually is the most important This gets into the actual religion that's being confessed. So Jesus, there are three things that we are supposed to confess about Jesus. He had a fabulous tunic. He had two dads. And he saw everyone as a sibling child of God. It used to be, uh, you know, a brother or sister. But we can't, you know, you can't be so discriminating now as to have to talk about boys and girls. So sibling, it has to be sibling. But this is the idea that everybody is a child of God. So, so that is the creed of progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity. I want, I want to lean into this. This is a totally different religion. And it's not just a totally different religion. Uh, uh, Jay Gresham Machen says it's a totally different kind of religion. It's not even in the same religious family as Christianity because it doesn't have anything to do with redemption. There's no need for redemption. Sin is not ever an individual thing that needs to be overcome. And God is not upset with sin 
anyways, it's the, the, the whole point of this religion, of this idolatry, is to, is to find the connection with the divine in us. And this is how Jesus comes to redeem us, is to show us that we're all God's children. There's no sin. There's no law. There's no wrath. If there's sin, it's whatever prevents you from seeing that you're, you're God's child. That's the, and it's out there. It's not in here. It's a systemic thing, so we have to fight against it. Whatever would be oppressive, or let's see what the Holy Spirit's going to do in, in line with this. But that little line, which is the least shocking of the thing, is actually the one that get, gets us to the heart of it. Okay, so non-binary God. We don't want to say God the Father. That would be whatever the term is for believing there's boys and girls. And Then Jesus wore a fabulous tunic now. The rainbow I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light. So this is an anti-racial thing. The rainbow, the rainbow spirit shatters our image of one white light. I don't know if that's to be a kind of anti-white kind of thing or if it's just it's this, hey, we're not we're not creedal. That is the great irony. Like if you're not like there's one truth and no, there's multiple truths, right? There's a spectrum of truths. Truth is, I, I don't know, some broad sort of thing. So the so the rainbow spirit is the one who broadens our minds. But if that's the case, why are you confessing the creed? And the re, there's an answer to that. The reason why you're confessing a creed is because Gnosticism is parasitical. It cannot it can't build anything on its own. It just it sucks the lifeblood out of other institutions. This is not Christianity, but everything in this room is built to look like Christianity. Even those sandals of the guy over there on the edge and and you have the altar and you have the candles and you probably have a cross somewhere. I don't know why you have a cross. You have a stand like this where you used to put Bibles and you have something that's supposed to look like the Lord's Supper. So you do everything to look like Christianity, including confess a creed, which says that there are no creeds. You're, you're, you're saying we believe something and what you believe is that there's nothing to believe. So you take the shell of Christianity and you empty it out so that so that people who want to be Christians would say, oh, this place is Christian-y. And it's nice because it's, I can be Christian-y without having to actually believe anything. It is, it, this is the reason why I think it's worthwhile to look at this and to examine it. Is because, because there are people, you could be one of them. If this is the case, or if someone who loves you and sent you this, they might be worried that this is you that you think that you are going to a Christian church and you are not. There's a different God, a different creation, a different fall, a different redemption, a different doctrine of man, a different doctrine of authority, a different scripture, a different hope. Everything is different. It is not Christian. And this should show it. Because what you're not confessing here is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the rainbow spirit, which, well, how did it go again? It shatters something. It's always shattering. And, you, and you, this is the essence of, of progressivism is to shatter. It's destructive. It's, it's, but it's, it's like, hey, it's this nice destruction. How destructive can this be? 
look how, you know, look, it, we, we have the academic dark glasses and we have the kind voice and how, how dangerous could this be? But the, but the spirit of this religion is a shattering thing. And the thing that it's not shattering is it's, it's not like Jeremiah preaches God's word, which breaks the hard hearts of men. It's the, this is the, this is the spirit of darkness, which, which breaks the word of God. One white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous, gorgeous diversity. diversity. This is the that's the idea here is that it's it it the the white light is shattered into this diverse that that that, that the diversity of all God's children is now salvation. What do we okay? What do we make of this? How are we supposed to think of this? We remember, first of all, that the devil loves it when we mumble. Christians are called to confess clearly that which the Lord gives us to confess. Jesus says it, Matthew 10, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father who is in heaven. So we confess Christ. And we don't make up God in our own image. It's the nature of idolatry to to. God has created us in his image and likeness, and that image and likeness has fallen. But we now, in that fallen image and likeness, want to remake God in our own image so that God looks like us, so that God is nice, so that God doesn't have expectations of what's good and evil, what's right and wrong. And remember that this, this which is Gnosticism, I remember this whole deal, this Gnosticism, Gnosticism, remember, separates the world from spirit, which is good, and matter, which is bad, and the and the reality is a spiritual reality, and the and the creation has to be remade in the image of Gnosticism. And that Gnostic, one of the characteristics of Gnosticism is this parasitical thing. It just it destroys institutions. So when we confess the Nicene Creed, we're confessing against this kind of thing. Now this is going to come with a a book recommendation. I'm pulling from Machen's. I, I told you this that, that this was Machen was the he was a Presbyterian guy, president of um uh oh where uh, Princeton I think, and he was at the beginning of the fundamentalist modernist controversy, and he he talks about the nature of liberal Christianity. And I just want to look at a couple of paragraphs, and this I think will be very helpful. I'm, this is Google Books. You can get this for free, and I would commend this to all of you. Uh, he says, there's two lines of criticism with respect to liberal attempt at reconciling science and Christianity. And I think we would replace that science with kind of cultural sensitivity, the, the sort of move of culture. Remember how – well, yeah. Modern liberalism may be criticized first on the ground that it's unchristian and second on the ground that it's unscientific. We'll concern ourselves here chiefly with a former line of criticism that it's unchristian. We shall be interested in showing that despite the liberal use of traditional phraseology, modern liberalism not only is a different religion from Christianity, but belongs in a totally different class of religions. Now, this is helpful for me to understand why there's the, why we're confessing a creed with three things, non-binary God, Jesus, spirit. Why? why? It's because it wants to use the language of Christianity to present a totally different doctrine. In showing that the liberal attempt at rescuing Christianity is false, 
we're not showing that there's no way of rescuing Christianity at all. On the contrary, it may appear, incidentally, even in the present little book, that it is not the Christianity of the New Testament, which is in conflict with science, but the supposed Christianity of the modern liberal church, and that the real city of God and that city alone has defenses which are capable of warding off the assaults of modern unbelief. So that what we're looking at here, and if, if you are still in the ELCA, or the United Methodist Church, or the PCUSA, or one of these other progressive Christian churches, Christian churches, the, 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 to realize that this is, that you are not in a Christian church. That doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. It could be that you confess faith in Christ, who died, who is God in the flesh, who died for the sins of the world, that you're holding on to that, but you are holding on to that faith in spite of what's being preached to you, in spite of what's being taught to you, in spite of what's being fed to you, and in, in spite of what you're being asked to confess. You might, you, the, the Sparkle Creed might not show up in your church for another two months or another two years, but it's on the way because there's nothing to hold that back. And it is time, it's been time, it is time to flee out of her. This false religion this false confession. It is not the Jesus with a fabulous tunic who has two dads who saves us. It is Christ, the Son of God, who's crucified in our place, and he alone who offers us the hope of heaven. That's, that's what we confess. Jesus Christ, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. This one we confess. This one we trust in. This one we believe. May God grant us this hope for Christ's sake.